0: You're listening to another episode of Amy and Sarah's Search for the One.
1: Each week we watch rom-coms and talk about why we love them.
0: I feel like we never start by just saying hello to each other. We're so rude. We really should say hello. And how are you?
1: (laughs) It's hard because we talk first before we do this. So we like, we waste that hello like earlier. That's true. So this, it's not like very, it's organic. It's just kind of like we're like mid conversation. Then we just start another
0: thing. (laughs) That's not organic. It seems very strange when we have to like pretend. Yeah. Yeah starting over yeah Yeah. if we recorded our whole conversations it would each time it would be like three or four hours which like (laughs) (laughs) I don't know
1: if anyone wants to listen to that though
0: (laughs) (laughs) somebody does somewhere some like some person would be fascinated by the what things I'm talk talking about. what we even talked about that would potentially be interesting to bring up again, like grocery lists.
1: <laughs> I think when we talked about how, like, the gender disparities between like housework and stuff, and we talked about like how, like, some people can seem more like, like, some men when they start doing chores or like cooking dinner can seem like revolutionary when like everyone needs to eat and everyone has to clean up.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. not. A revolution. It's not. Uh, we were saying at this point in time, people tend to get married later. So, in like heteronormative relationships, mm-hmm. men typically live on their own more than they ever have, and so they, they have to learn by necessity how to cook and clean for themselves, at least to like the bare <laughs> minimum. Or we have pay. enough money to pay for all of that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we Amy and I both do not like cooking. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, gender normative police, but we hate
1: cooking. I don't know how to
0: pull. I will say, I mean, no. Amy just found her match, and he will cook for her, and really enjoys it. So I'm gonna use this platform to say, if there's <laughs> anyone out there that likes to cook please let me know. <laughs> You're open for business. <laughs> just let me know what you like to cook. And maybe, just maybe if I enjoy it, actually, other things. It, yeah. Actually, Sarah has a
1: good test for everyone. If you like to cook, please let us know what meal is your go-to meal. And then we'll see if then that's the first start of the compatibility assessment. But like first we got to know what your go-to cook cooking meal is yeah oh so just really think about your your choices gentlemen
0: yeah because if it matches mine it's not gonna work <laughs> so this is like an incompatibility test I want it not to match
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes exactly there's a checklist of like if you're exactly like me, we're not going to make it. <laughs> I just know that. Because
0: we would just be like both drowning. And like, yeah. I need someone with like a lifeboat or like a raft to pull me ashore. <laughs> to rescue me from uh, a lifetime of. is I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> not that bad though. Like, <laughs> not really not that horrible. It's, it's not something I would have to really be rescued from. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it does. Like after a while, you do kind of are like, I should use like this kitchen a little bit, but I'm just gonna make an egg. So <laughs> that's, that's
0: it. I will say I like breakfast foods. Like I can cook. Yeah, in, like any breakfast food. Lunches, you know, you're not cooking that much. I can handle the lunch, make a nice salad, something. But dinners. It's the end of the day. I don't feel like working. <laughs> I just want to eat something good. <laughs> it's. I feel like it's literally out of laziness that I don't like cooking.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it's also like all those like thirty-minute recipes. Like they always take me like an hour and a half to do. Like, cause it's like it's like thirty minutes if you you have like good like knife skills and like prep skills and time management. But if you haven't like if you're doing it how I do it, which is more like okay, you do this, and then this, and then this, then it's, like, it takes way longer than 30 minutes. And usually I forgot something or, like, I don't know. I used to do those, like, blue aprons, but then I realized the problem with that is I still had to cook it. <laughs> and it just, like, it, it cut down some work. But I was, like, oh, wait, I just hate cooking is the thing. Like, I was, like, I went from blue apron to just getting takeout because I was, like, I just want the meal already made, already proportioned like put in front of me by someone else yeah my ideal like meal prep <laughs> yeah
0: I don't I don't get any joy or like pride from cooking it myself like it tastes much better I feel like if someone else does <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I also
1: have problems because I like constantly want like more cheese like if I make pizza. make I always underbake it because, like, I like it doughy, but like, I'll underbake it too much, so it's like too doughy. And then I'll add like way too much cheese, and that because I like cheese, because I like I give in to my like things that I like mo- like uh, too much because I don't have restraint. So I'm like, oh, this is like a healthy amount of cheese. Let me add another fist of healthy cheese.
0: <laughs> Can you
1: really have too much cheese though? I mean, you can't, but like you can, you can wonder why you're going through cheese so much. Like, I do wonder that sometimes. I'm like, I just bought a package of cheese and it's gone after one meal. I don't think that's the serving size there working with
0: yeah I just don't for like dinners and things the ingredients I feel like tend to intimidate me I don't know why like baking it's like it to me it seems like the same sort of ingredients over and over again and just the proportions change oh. you have them on hand and then for a meal it seems like you have to just like go to great lengths and get like all these different ingredients just to make one meal and then you got to do the whole thing over again for another meal And I just yeah
1: yeah, even, like, looking at our shopping list, like, Leslie had so many spi- different spices on it. I was like, are we going to use any of the spices ever again? Or are we just buying, you know, it's huge thing of, like, coriander? Like, what the hell are we going to do with that?
0: <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I suppose you could use spices again. But, yeah, baking, I enjoy much more because it's, like, sugar, flour, salt. Flour, yeah. And then just in different proportions, if you want a cake or a bread, (laughs) just you cake. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And it's also, like, so delicious. Like, you guys, I can always get behind baking a cake, but, like, as much as I love, like, chicken, it's, like, I can be tempted away from it, (laughs) like, easily.
0: Yeah. I, I, like, dinner meals, sometimes I have to be in the mood for that certain meal, Mm -hmm. but it's Baked good, I will always be in the mood for baked good. So no matter what, I will like really want to make it. Where like dinners you have to like psych yourself up sometimes (laughs) to be like, this is gonna be the most amazing chicken ever. But it's just chicken, like it's not chocolate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can testify Sarah's love for cake as we were we were also talking about how she came to visit me like a year ago around this time and we legit had a cake or a cupcake every single day of, like, a four- or five-day trip. Like, I don't like, I don't know. We kind of did an unofficial crawl for cupcakes and cakes. And yeah. we, like, lived a good life. I would love to do that now. I mean, I can't. But, like,
0: whenever we get to be in the same place again, we should do that. And when it's, like, feasible, I guess, to go hit up many places, which, like, you can if there's take-out. yeah still do crawls but you just can't come back. yeah which is probably maybe even better just eating cake in like your car that sounds almost better to me like you never even have to get out of your car (laughs) again yes yeah this yeah
1: this is like um I've been craving like I want like a giant box of like random pastries and cakes and like cupcakes and just, like, a little bite of everything, like, I do miss, like, going into, just strolling into a bakery, and, like, like, sometimes if I was, like, like, not working midweek, because, like, my, if I was working the weekend, I would had to have a day off midweek, and I would, like, sleep late, and then, like, go into a random bakery, and order, like, a bunch of random stuff to try, and, like, go, get a coffee, and go home, and, like, That would be probably my dinner, like, (laughs) a random box of pastries. But I miss that kind of, like, spontaneity. You can – I can order something online, but it's, like, different. You know, it's, like, a different feeling. And, like, now we have to, like, safely go pick it up. And then I probably don't – I want to try to limit the places I'm going to. So I wouldn't want to go to multiple places. I would just kind of go to, like, one place and see what they have. But – I do really want like a random box of sweets. There
0: there is just like a great joy from looking at a bakery display case and just oh, seeing oh, it lined yes. up. Of. Like yes, you can order things, but it's not like an ordering platform isn't the same as like seeing that display the
1: case. Sm- or like, the smell of a bakery of oh, yeah. sugar and Flour and butter. And you're like, yeah, good things are happening here. (laughs) It's
0: making me so hungry. I
1: I know. I'm having, like, too much of a moment. I'm like, I need a cake right now. (laughs) I hope Wesley's bringing me a secret cake home from the store that he doesn't know that I want. (laughs) (laughs) Or I've been wanting to make a cake. So maybe I will use this time this week to make a cake. I that, don't know, if you have an Oreo cake. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited about the idea of that idea.
0: <laughs> I I say go for it. That's the one thing I can get on board with is baking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: where you're all in.
1: <laughs> for baking. Um, well, I will. I'll let you know. You can't. You won't probably to taste it, but I can let you know if I do make it. <laughs> then you <have> <laughs>
0: But, yeah. Speaking yeah. of weird, I guess, like, not weird things, but changes because of the pandemic, I feel like this the specific movies we watched this week and the theme would, like, not be possible during the pandemic. I mean, most of the movies we watched probably wouldn't be possible. No, but this even, like, more.
1: No, I, but I feel like the theme is actually better for the pandemic because it's, like, who else are you going to see right now?
0: Oh, that's true. That's right. Like, you, you really wouldn't. It would probably make it much more likely to have this be a love interest. Yeah. Should we introduce hey, our hey, theme? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's,
1: just, let's have everyone guess the theme this week.
0: <laughs> I feel like if we just left it at that, it would probably be, like, a doctor? Like, who who would we see more? <laughs> it's not a doctor. These movies uh, don't have doctors in
1: census The census Bureau people. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fill out your senses <laughs> or you'll fall in love with your A poll
0: worker? A poll no. worker, maybe <laughs> No. Um Our theme this week was boy, girl, person next door. So neighbors. Neighbors falling in love. <laughs> I yeah, I
1: like to think of it as na- from neighbors to lovers. Yes. What <laughs> that kind of like marking to it. Although we we didn't watch my favorite from Neighbors to Lovers because it's not a rom-com. But do you know do you know which one I'm thinking of?
0: Wait, give me a second to think. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: it's more of just a straight romance. It's not actually like it doesn't have like comedy kind of style to it. Dee
0: dee 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 me like a decade that it was making <laughs> it. <laughs> um
1: well, let me give you, a, I'll give you a clue. It has a sports, a strong sports theme to it. It's probably like the 90s or 2000s. I'm not so sure. Maybe the late 90s, early 2000s. Like
0: a... Oh, oh my God. How did I not think of this before? Love and basketball. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that movie is so so good but yeah not not yeah. any rom-com vibes very okay. much just the rom <laughs> yeah, that is
1: like that is a great um, movie like i I've, I've actually been wanting to rewatch it so i feel like i'll probably do it
0: after we'll try to rewatch it at some point in the next day or so <laughs> a movie is so good
1: it's so like Mm, that's like really going from neighbors to lovers to then, fr- like, friends, lovers, brokenhearted. Oh man, that's an emotional,
0: like, gutting movie in a lot of ways. I it's so great, especially because they do end up with the same careers, but they have very different trajectories. So it's also like, how do you deal with like different levels of success in relationships and like, mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah, it's really, yeah, and there's, of course, a lot of
1: gender story at play, because it's, like, you know, he succeeds as a basketball player, because, like, you know, the NBA is, like, a huge thing, but, like, she has to, like, go to a different country to yeah she's basketball. it's such a good movie you should watch it just turn the podcast off right now and go watch that movie like
0: we're we're fine about it oh (laughs) yeah I'm like literally playing scenes in my mind right now
1: (laughs) I can hear the music and the end of the movie like I'm just watching that in my eyes right now (laughs) I feel like the end of that movie very much correlates to like the big um I'm gonna I think it's Serena Williams who just had a baby and like her her little like kid watch in her in her um play, watch, watching her play at the tennis the tennis they do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah it's very it's just a great movie but yeah there is I will I will say on the line between rom com and rom or com like that does fall too heavily in the rom
0: yeah. Yeah, to be considered
1: a rom-com
0: it was definitely not a contender this week because there's not enough calm nope (laughs) but movies we did pick we liked them as well they're great
1: (laughs) yeah and this this is like if right now if you were if you're single right now um I think the only person you maybe could meet to fall in love with would be your neighbor right now because If, especially if you live in a city because um where are you going right now stay home <laughs> and like I could totally see a neat you like coming out of like like keeping bumping into the same person while you're picking up your delivery or something and like then deciding to split your delivery wait I'm writing in mad right now <laughs> <laughs> and falling in love between the walls. Another movie we didn't we didn't officially talk about, but I did watch rewatch because I was talking to Sarah about it. Was the movie Blind Date, which is a I it's it's a rom com, but it's French, so it's obviously the humor modes are different. <laughs> um, in French, yeah, because I range.
0: <laughs> I tried to watch Blind Date on my own earlier in the year, and I just was not into it.
1: <laughs> I, But see, that's, like, the, if you live in a city, like, I feel like that is kind of, like... I have always imagined, like, falling in love for my apartment neighbor, because it's, like, you do share, like, the walls between your apartment are kind of, like, a weird communal space in some ways, because there, there's, like, a certain balance you want of your neighbor. Like, you want to, like, never hear them or see them in some ways but then at some time they they kind of like hear and feel like some of your most like vulnerable moments in some ways because like you're in your apartment a lot especially nowadays we're all in our apartments much more often so it is like in that movie it's on it's currently on netflix if you do want to watch it and it's about two neighbors who like start off hating each other Because their walls are really thin, but they're in separate buildings, which is also interesting, too, (laughs) for construction. (laughs) And um, they start off trying to drive each other out and drive each other crazy. And then they start, like, a relationship, but they've never met each other. And (laughs) it does have, like, a really funny scene of, like, they both invite someone over out to dinner with their new, like, person they're into but the person comes and it's, like, just a table by the, by the wall. Like, how weird would you feel if you went to, if I was like, Sarah, come meet my new beau. And, like, you came in and the, the table was against the wall. <laughs> like, you could just hear someone across the wall. It's a little creepy, but. I'm um, pretty
0: concerned for my friend. <laughs>
1: Oh, I think it's, like, such a pandemic mood, though. You would, like, I think this is, like, the level of dating people will be doing now because people are a little more desperately like, And, like, you know, especially because it's been so long of being alone for some people that they're, like, you know, video. Like, people are going on, like, um, blind dates on, like, like uh, FaceTiming and things like that. Or doing on Twitter, someone said their date, they were going out to dinner with their date, and what that means in, in COVID times is that their date like ordered them dinner. They ordered themselves dinner and the other person dinner for their own apartments. <laughs> and they like so they could share a meal together, but they're not together. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, the meals would show up around the same time. <laughs> that's very cute. Yeah, I, my take on, like, neighbors in a big city, if it's an apartment building, I really, like, don't want to hear from my neighbors. That means you're a good neighbor if I never hear you, and you never bother me, and I never bother you. And you call the police when something starts to smell. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. But, like, the movies we talk about are very much, like, suburb neighbors so it's like house next door and you can see each other from like your windows like waves to each other.
1: Oh yeah. One of them like the has like those balconies like if they're like right into each other's rooms and it's
0: like yeah. Which like to me is so strange. Like who built those houses literally that close to each other with a balcony? Like there was more room. They didn't need to be, like, that on top of each other. But I'm like, what a
1: weird balcony. Like, why would you want your balcony to overlook someone else's balcony right next to you?
0: (laughs) It'd be so odd unless you knew that person and you, like, really wanted to spend time with them in that weird way. But it's a weird, weird architecture and planning from whoever built those two houses.
1: (laughs) But I think these movies are do happen probably more in, like, the high school level because it's, like, you know it's so much of like a dream quote unquote but because there is like that you know girl next door kind of feeling to it so like your neighbor is the most next door you can get to someone (laughs) and it is kind of like it also plays into the idea of like and it probably works out more for the suburbs of like living in one place for a really long time which and a lot of people don't experience that like they might move multiple places obviously you can probably guess a lot of these these all characters are all white like pretty like middle class to upper middle class kind of characters I don't think anyone's truly struggling although I think some of them are quote-unquote like white people struggling but like (laughs) they're not like actually struggling like they're just Their mom has to have a job instead of just like not working, Um, but I don't think that's actually a struggle.
0: I think also when it's not like neat, when it's not in the city, and it is more like house ownership. um, Typically, I like house ownership has been something where it's like generational wealth, and you're more (laughs) established. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <So with that. laughs> the american dream to own a yeah. house it's it's like you have a family when you own a house and you prepare for it so you're most likely not like looking to date and own a house so yeah. now that's different there are more like unmarried people i feel like buying houses if they can if they can afford to in the market maybe they can um so I think it also makes sense that it is very much like teens that we're focusing on in these movies because their <laughs> parents own the houses. They don't.
1: <laughs> Although our I guess our winner has a little bit of both. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But that's,
0: that's why it's like our double winner maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wins
1: on all the levels. Um, um,
0: Since we are talking about teen movies, we looked at, like, different things that all these movies have in common, and the thing we really focused on was social hierarchy and, like, cliques and status in high school, since these are teens, and typically in school you're in a clique, you're placed within a group, and you have a status, but neighbors are in proximity to each other and can form Mm -hmm. friendships, like, outside of those cliques, so a lot of these movies have to deal with maneuvering social status and, like, potentially wanting to be more popular and, like, having a different status from your neighbor and, like, potentially using your neighbor in
1: some way. And I think they're, like, they're the your neighbor is, like, a more vulnerable person to get to know you because they see beyond the facade of how you are in high school. They, yeah. see, they like, know you. They, like, all these... All these rom-coms have like they've had a history together they've known each other for years they've like been friends or no like been enemies and like became something else um and they've transitioned through like a wide like their whole life so these people like they know them differently than anyone would at school because like even if they you went to school with someone for you know 10 years like you might not know them at all versus like your neighbor was a more intimate. And thanks to a lot of strange pro- uh, um, design of properties, <laughs> you, like some of these people have been growing up, like on top of each other. <laughs> so they I yeah, yeah. got to know everyone. They know everyone's favorite foods and colors, what they want to be when they grow up, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And they all have very like clear shots. For the most part, into their neighbor's window, they <laughs> can like watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's no privacy. It's like these, and these people don't have those blackout curtains. Like it's free, it's free game here.
0: <laughs> Should we introduce the first one?
1: I think were we, I'm sorry, I forgot. Are I starting or are you starting?
0: You're starting with the most
1: recent. One. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. So, our first runner-up was the movie The Duff that came out in 2015, Mm -hmm. Um, and this, as I enlightened Sarah to, is a movie based on a book, (laughs) and as many books are, the book is better than the movie, but the book is also, in some ways, a different story than the movie, so that's something to keep in mind, too. Like, if you, if you watched the movie and you liked it, you can watch the book and, like, still be so surprised from it. Because it does take a, some different pathways. Um, but it was... And I, I also, as I told Sarah, the book was written by a woman who was a teenager herself when she wrote the book. Um, I think her name is, like, Corey something. Um, starts her last name starts with a K if that's helpful for you. Um and, uh,
0: uh, it's Cody Keplinger.
1: Cody Keplinger, thank you. Ew, there was like, some K's in there. <laughs> um and this movie is this is like I think one of the more the more interesting movies in the sense of it's, it's a little more recent. It does bring more of the social media into the movie and like how that Sarah and I talked about, we're not teenagers right now, but we imagine that teenagers are, like, that high school has changed in somewhat and is probably more correlated to social media and maybe less with, like, the hierarchy of teen life. Um, But basically the plot, like, the, the movie Duff, Duff stands for your designated ugly fat friend, and the whole premise of the book and the movie is that within each group of friends there's always a deaf and like it doesn't matter who you are you will always have a deaf in your life or if you don't know what the deaf is that means you might be the deaf <laughs> so you have to look out for that
0: <laughs> there be also the introduction to this idea that mm-hmm. it's introduced by the main male protagonist who's yeah. Like a dupe (laughs) head. So I mean, like, no one believes this, but he does.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, and he, he kind of drops it as, like, such common knowledge. Like, everyone knows, like, there's a deaf and you're the deaf. So he basically points out to the main character, Bianca, that she is the deaf out of her friends. And it forces her to take a really hard look at her friendships and she doesn't want to be the deaf. So she kind of gets rid of them and tries to, like, um, create a different image for herself and this it's some of those classic rom-coms because like it, there is like a trade of services <laughs> and, um, which is such a classic rom-com and also a makeover in some ways um, and she uh, she offers the guy Wes that, that tells her she's a deaf she teaches him about chemistry or I don't know some sort of math thing science <laughs> and I didn't do well in high school <laughs> and then he teaches her how to be like cool and like how to be like the un-duff basically and they are happen to be neighbors so they know each other really well like again like as Sarah and I discussed like he calls her the deaf and like a friendly like jabby kind of vibe like they have a different even though like he's stereotypically popular he's like on the he plays a sport. I can't name it right now, but he <laughs> plays a sport. Yeah, it and he does a job. <laughs> and he is popular. He he had he's like on and off dating the hottest girl in school, Madison, who was trying to become like an influencer before that was a thing. <laughs> and um he and so like he is that kind of person, but and she's like presented as you know, a little, like, I mean, it's a real stretch to call her an outcast. (laughs) Um, She has brown hair, and she wears overalls a lot, and that's pretty much the most uncool thing about her. (laughs) Um,
0: I think, like, she's seen as more just, like, average only by comparison because like her friends are really good at certain things like mm-hmm. I think her one friend is a very good athlete if I remember right and then her yeah. other friend is very artistic so like in comparison to her friends she doesn't have this like niche standout thing yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and also both girls are her friends also like want the this sporty one is also, like, a computer person. And, like, the female characters are pretty, like, multidimensional in this, in this movie, which is nice. Um, and then her friend that's, like, artsy is also, like, a journalist or something. So, like, they have... They're not just, like, based on their appearance. Like, they're pretty, but so is she. But they also, like, obviously spend more time doing their makeup and hair before they go to school. And she does not. Like, she really... She wears a similar wardrobe to what I wore in high school. I don't know. I guess I wasn't cool either. <laughs> but. I
0: mean, yeah, I didn't wear, like, makeup at all in high school. No. I think eventually maybe, like, I put on some eyeliner, and that was literally it, just to make my eyelashes <laughs> a little longer. Because, <laughs> like, who has, who wants to wake up early no, before I high do. school? No. I get it. Some, some people that want to put on makeup before high school, but too much effort. Again, my laziness comes through I'm very strong. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: anyway, they they're neighbors and they have kind of struck a deal to help each other out. Um, and and basically, West like helps her navigate through these like social hierarchies that she's like not aware of. And the the movie also because he's a, because it's from his perspective, and I think he plays football. Actually, now thinking about it, like he kind of. Helps her out, like, how you would game play for a game, like, how to sit. Actually, you should take some notes if you haven't dated in a while. (laughs) Like, he had good things to say. Like, try to sit closer to someone. Like, sit in a darkened place. Is the person, like, interested in you? They might lean in a little. I was like, these are good notes, actually. Not, like, you know, wear a short skirt or, or, like, act like a dummy, you know? Like, they were, like, they had some
0: substance to them. He wasn't totally horrible. Except oh. for when he called her a duff. But again, he wanted to like annoy her. It was like on purpose. It wasn't it wasn't because he actually like believed it. Yeah. Clearly throughout the like course of the movie, you can tell he likes her. Even from the beginning you can tell like they have this weird friendship and he likes her. Yeah. So it's never meant to like hurt her or be true.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah, I feel like he uses it, too, as an excuse to spend time with her, honestly. Like, he just wants to hang out with her. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think so, too, because, like, even though he's and off again dating, like, the hot, popular girl in school, like, you can kind of tell he kind of doesn't like her. And, like, he, again, like, I think he's only dating her because, like, that's what you do when you're popular. Like, you have to date the popular girl. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't like that person or if you (laughs) don't want to spend time with them, it was like you would be quote, quote unquote crazy because like that everyone would be dying to date the most popular girl in school. And you're right there. And like, you know, and even this very popular girl in school, she was so threatened by his relationship with Bianca that she tries to like blackmail her. And it's like, you're the hottest girl in school. Like you're, you're intimidated by this girl, like rolling around in overalls. Like, like, like that's, like are you, we talked also before the, this. We started recording about how like the this like idea of the perfect girl, because like you get to the top, if you are quote unquote get like get, navigate to the top and you're the most popular girl in school, it's not you're still like at risk of losing that or something, or you're still not settled. You can still be like knocked off, and you don't have any security from being in that position. So, you have to, and like a lot of the movies we, we talked about, like the main, the popular girl in school is still like wholly out will to everything around them. They don't really have any power in that position, even though it's a power position. It seems like it's more of a power position for men to be with the, the popular girl than to actually be the popular girl. Mm, that's a good thing, <laughs>
0: Yeah. Thanks. All these movies. As we introduce more, we'll think about, like, the, like, popular girl usually, like, is in some sort of, like, turmoil. Just, like, not very content. Just either, yeah, like, insecure, worried, or not really happy in some way.
1: Um, Super insecure.
0: Yeah. The popular boys, it doesn't really seem to face (laughs) (laughs) them. And then the other boys in the movies that we see... um, are like not the popular guys, and they're, they're yeah. kind of like whatever it they really want to good. be with the popular girl, but
1: like everyone wants to be with the popular girl or be the popular girl, but like, what does the popular girl actually have? Nothing, um, like, nothing, <laughs> like, she's really nothing. She's so, uh, like, it's crazy if you watch the movie, the uh, Ma- the popular girl Madison is played by Bella Thorne, who's really beautiful. And looks like flawless in the movie. And um, Bianca's played by May Whitman, who's also very beautiful. And, like, I mean, it's it's crazy to even compare them, but like, they're both really beautiful women. But it's also like crazy that, like, all that all she has for her, her, herself is like trying to be an influencer and like making people hate her and like her looks. And, like, that, if you, like, boil it down to that, you're, like, is that really what what teenage girls want? Like, do you really want to be, like, someone that's, like, having to try so much all the time, someone that's, like, hate, that's, like, so hated by other people, and someone who's, like, massively insecure? Like, I don't really think that would be what I would have wanted.
0: Yeah. I think with these movies, too, there's a lot of, like, trying to change your social status, or secure your social status, and then realizing by the end that, like, what you had before was better, and this is the case in The Deaf, too, where Bianca ends up, like, back befriending her, her two good friends, and, like, owns the Deaf position as, like, something to be proud of, because it's, it's also, like, nothing. It means that. It means nothing, really. Um, so instead of trying to, like, change herself and be seen as, like, a cooler, popular person, she she just goes back to, like, having that connection with her really good friends. And then also the connection of the boy next door, since she realizes, like, she really likes him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is satisfying. And, like, maybe, hopefully, because it's, like, one of the more recent ones we watched. And also maybe having the input of, like, a teen writer, but, like, I do like it that there's not, like, Bianca doesn't really lose herself too much. Like, there's some misunderstandings and, like, misjudgments, but she doesn't, like, have a huge makeover. She starts to wear their correctly-fitting bra for herself, (laughs) and she has, like, she gets, like, more dressed up twice, (laughs) but, like, she's still the same person. She doesn't have to, like lose everything that she she, like, she doesn't have to lose everything she has built her life on just to be popular so that's I think at least a little bit of progress well mm-hmm. yeah. let's ch- check out our next movie and Sarah can tell you I have some other similarities that we noticed
0: so the, the next one since we're going in reverse order is whatever it takes which came out in 2000. I actually have never seen this movie until Amy suggested it. I was going to ask you if you had ever watched it. i I've never seen it before. I didn't know it existed. It, I have to say, is a wild ride. There's some weird stuff in this movie. There's some, like, raunchiness. There's zaniness. Um, Some of it just feels, like, sleazy, too. Like, it's not dated at this point since it was 20 years ago. But... Mm -hmm. The cast is also just weirdly amazing where it's, it's Shane West right before a walk to remember. So this is like before he exploded. um, And before he was like on ER too. So like nobody really knew who he was. James Franco stars in it. And I think it was like right around the times of of freaks and geeks. So like he slowly was like building up his status. Um, And then there's random like, not a cameo, but smaller parts by Aaron Paul and Colin Hanks, who I adore in this movie. I think Aaron Paul is, like, the most favorite part of watching this, but more of a background, just minor role. In this movie, Shane West uh, is not popular. He's just kind of, like, a guy in high school. I wouldn't say he's a loner, either. Like, he has his friends. He lives next door to his best Like, one of his best friends, too, who is a girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he has his, like, little group. So, I don't think he's a loner. But he desperately wants to be with the popular girl. James Franco wants to, like, hit it and quit it with his best friend that lives next door. But she who is played by... Let me look up her name. Her first name's Marla, and
1: she was on private... No, she was on, like, one of those legal shows for a while. like yeah. Boston Legal. Marla
0: Sokoloff, who, like, she's big during this time period. Like, I've definitely okay. seen her in other things. Her character, Maggie, uh, he wants to just... James Franco's character just, like, wants to have sex with her and move on because she is, like, the one girl in high school that has never been, like, just neat at the week, like weak at the knees for him so Shane West and James Franco partner up and they tell each other how to act to get the other girl um
1: James Franco is like his character is the cousin of the popular girl so he has like an inside track and he's great at being a douche (laughs) so he also knows how douches act
0: (laughs) he his advice to Shane West is basically like Acts like you don't like her, insult her, and it'll work. And it does. Ugh. the The popular girl, which is Ashley Jodi Lynn O'Keefe, is the actress, and she's also in like teen movies. Yeah, in a bunch of movies. Yeah. She 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 like likes him the more he rejects her basically, and when he realizes. That he actually doesn't like her through the course of the movie, she clings to him even more, and he can't get rid of her, which is, which is a bit funny, just because he's just like who, is-? like he sees her for who she really is, and it's just someone that is incredibly insecure, and he's not attracted to it at all. James Franco hit the advice from Shane West, which goes beyond advice. Shane West literally had to pretend to be him on a phone call and like say all the things because James Franco is so stupid in this movie. He can't, he can't even like pretend to say the right things. <laughs> um, it works, and Maggie, the girl next door, starts to fall for James Franco. But Shane West realizes that then he has feelings for Maggie. And tries to, like, intercept. Eventually, they do get together. So that's kind of, like, the end of the movie. The things we talked about, again, that similarity of, like, social cliques and the popular girl just being super duper insecure and like what does she really have besides like people wanting to be with her but she's only interested when people like don't want to be with her so she's in this weird position of just like I feel like never she'll never like actually I guess like be in a relationship until she changes that (laughs) I just hate it because it's
1: all that I feel like what I don't know when I was younger like that's what you would hear all the time advice about women is like treat her like she's garbage, like, tell her she's ugly, like, trip and, like, make her trip and fall, and then you'll be the savior. It's, like, all that, like, old stuff from, like, the, the player, like, the game kind of yeah. mentality, and it's, like, it's so shitty that that's what men think women want, and then it's shittier to see women w- want that, because you're, like, that's someone treating you badly, like, maybe you don't want that person, and it's, yeah. But I think I think her character very much Ashley is like epitomized by being in this like this like weird role of being the most popular girl in school and like she seems very aware of the fact that like there's nothing up there for her. So she's like always trying to like find what makes her there. And like and Jane West's character like inadvertently starts to get popular as he hangs out with James Franco more and like as he's seen around more and like everyone thinks he's a new student because they didn't know him beforehand and so like all of a sudden he starts his like clout starts rising and she's kind of gets desperate to keep that clout like at like that she needs that and you're like you're the most popular girl in school like you don't need anyone's yeah. clout but I think she's much I think she's kind of aware of the, the game of it all so she has to kind of keep him by her side because, like, she can't... She also can't... Who turns down the most popular girl in school? Like, she can't save... She is to save her face a little bit. Yeah.
0: She doesn't want to be, like, dumped because the popu- The most popular yep. girl wouldn't be dumped. And it's similar to the Duff in that, like, Madison and Wesley and the Duff, um, they they date just inherently because they're both, like, popular people yeah. and so they're meant to go with each other and it raises their status. And in this movie, Shane West, yeah, he does become popular by association. And also dating her, people start to see him as more attractive. Because, like, if the popular girl likes him, then, like, everyone else purely should like him, too. They also get his name wrong over and over again. I keep calling him Brian. His character's name is Ryan, And then he tells them that his name is Ryan Brian or Brian Ryan, I think. <laughs> Yeah, none of them knew. Also, they're graduating high school; they're seniors. None of them like even knew that he went to school there for like all twelve years. They just totally ignored him. And as he gets popular, he's really mean to his friends. So Aaron Paul, Colin Hanks play these kind of like just misfit, just teen boys who I like thoroughly enjoyed watching because they just did stupid things. But they, I love when they
1: go to the they go to the party, they, they, like, think they're invited to the party, too, and Colin Hanks shows up in, like, a suit, and he's, like, he, they're, like, what are you wearing? And he's, like, I want it to look nice for the party. <laughs> it's, like, I feel like I, yeah, I I would have had a crush on the kids in the Misfit gang way more yeah. than anyone else, and I would have also been, like, oh, I need to wear my best dress to this party that I going to do.
0: <laughs> they... Yeah, they're, they're also focused on, like, cementing their social status because they want to do a prank and they want to be seen as, like, legends and remembered forever, which is another kind of, like, tangent thing that comes up in our last movie. But um, Shane West is just really mean to them and makes fun of them in front of the popular kids so he can seem more popular. And it goes back to that idea of, like, what is more important, status, Or the connections you actually have. And Shane West realizes by the end. That like. He doesn't care about any of the popular people. Or being seen as popular. He just wants to be close with his friends. And close with Maggie. Who he actually like. Realizes he has feelings with. So. Yeah. I I think
1: there's also. In all these movies. And probably because they're high school too. There's always like a moment where you have to make, like, a character jump for yourself and, like, decide if you want to, like, stay true to who you are or or give in to the popular kids around you. And it's definitely a hard place to be in. And, like, I know through my life I've chosen wrong a lot of times there because it is, like, the allure of, like, fitting in and being popular and, like, or being, like, accepted is such a strong, you know, I definitely high schoolers want it. I think we all want it, really, but like, I definitely make my, a ton of misfires still on that front, <laughs> but um, it's always just so hard watching as an adult, watching these teen movies. I'm like, your friend is right there, and they were always there for you, <laughs> and, like, this random, like, Dude, bro, like, giving you a high five. Like, is he worth it? Like, it's such a... It's, like, it's very hard to watch, even though I know how relatable it is, and maybe that's why it's hard to watch. But, yeah, like, and that definitely happens in all of them, especially those last two movies. Like, you really see someone, like, having to, like, go against everything they have ever been. Like, it's a hard moment. Woof.
0: Woof it's uh it, it breaks your heart <laughs> just like watching them make fun of their like really really good friends you're just like oh don't do that um
1: and chain West and maggie are the ones who have their like balconies right on top of each yeah. other we're discussing so like you could their balcony just, looks Right into their
0: neighbor's room. Literally insane. (laughs) Like, they could... Like, you could just step over. That's how close it is. They're, like, six inches apart from each other. And it's just, like, who built this like this? That's your (laughs) um, thing, The one, like, zany thing about this movie... I mean, not one. There's a lot of zany things. But the one that, like, really sticks out is that Shane West's character plays the accordion, and he actually plays a song at this big dance at one point in the movie. And it's... It's real bizarre. There's so many teen movies that have musical moments, and I think that one is the most, just, like... The weirdest one. The weirdest one, but also kind of, like, endearing, because it's literally just him by himself playing an accordion where, like, a lot of other teen movies that have big musical numbers are, like, much more of um, a production. And, like, everyone's, yeah. like, to it in some sense. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And this one just, like, just, it's just him. Poor him just playing an accordion.
1: Yeah. This movie, there are so, this is a really zany rom- teen rom-com. There are so many, like, Mm. Truly, like, LOL moments and just real zany moments. Like, it definitely opens on with, um, my favorite is that they opened with, like, uh, Shane West's mother is, like, the school nurse. or She's, like, a local, like, nurse who does, like, outreach at the school. And then it opens with her giving this, like, demonstration to the whole, like, auditorium, the whole school about, like, how to put on a condom on a giant dick. <laughs>
0: Man. When so, Amy says a giant dick, it literally is, like, like a six-foot-wrapped like six six penis, <laughs> like, flesh-colored. Like, yeah, I and mean, you
1: even, like, that even speaks to the movie, too, because you definitely would know that kid if that was, like, that, like, his mom. That was his mom, so, like, yeah. everyone is, like, roasting the whole experience and then like he is just dying. <laughs> dying. It's so funny. Like what an embarrassing moment. That's probably like in when you were a teenager, your top like two embarrassing moments or something about your mom coming to school to teach everyone about safe sex. Like, oh, that's that might be number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and the way she does it too—it's not even just like she's. Yeah, she's just she right, right. like, why did she come with that huge penis? Why was that a prop? Yeah, like who orders that? <laughs> like has it? Like
1: it's so weird. It's like has like a big giant condom to put on top. <laughs> it's so bizarre. That's not the way to get kids' attention <laughs> on anything other than making fun of it.
0: Should we move on to our number one I have to
1: uh, say And then that's the winner right Yes
0: (laughs) The winner
1: is You drive me crazy I just can't sleep I'm so excited, I'm in too deep, but crazy, and it feels all right, baby,
0: thinking of you, keep me up at night. I
1: love that song. Our our
0: winner is not Britney Spears, it's crazy, although it's like the theme song to the movie. And they made a music video with the characters too. So, Amy yeah. um, and I absolutely love this movie. We are both like <laughs> fairly obsessed with this movie. <laughs> Drive Me Crazy came out in 1999. It stars Melissa Joan Hart at like the height, I would say, of Melissa Joan Hart. Like, this yeah. is like past Clarissa explains it all and like in her Sabrina days. Yeah, this is like, can't, I think she was, can't
1: hardly wait. She was big in, and that was like, a year or two before this. Mm
0: -hmm. And then Adrian Grenier, this was, like, my introduction to Adrian Grenier. I think it was for most people too. And just, Amy and I were talking about this earlier. He (laughs) represents, like, the epitome of what we would go for, especially like, high school boy, where, like, just rough, kind of, like, Like, schlubby looking, like, his hair's, like, in his face, and his eyes, like, his eyes deep oh my gosh I yeah just like he looks like a misfit he looks like he's up to no good but he's just a sweet sweet
1: boy <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like the oldest he sounded like his grandma right
0: there <laughs> like, yes. my grandson is a sweet sweet boy <laughs> that's my favorite way to describe a guy it's just like he's a sweet boy <laughs> So if there. If anybody knows of any sweet boys out there please, who can cook, what's their go-to meal?
1: Though, <laughs>
0: yeah, send it my way. But um, this movie is uh, just so good. It um, it has to do again with status and popularity. Melissa Joan Hart is planning. She's, like, the head of the committee of this big centennial ball for the high school that she goes to. And she's planning this huge event. And she wants to be, like, remembered. I think that's, like, the main thing, uh, that theme that comes up of, like, being remembered. You have to have status in high school to be remembered. And to make the night perfect for her, she wants to go with the most popular, like, all-star basketball player named Brad. And it seems like it's going to work out. And then he falls for someone else, and he doesn't ask her to the dance. She, horribly upset, gets really, really drunk, and then comes up with the idea to ask her neighbor to to go with her. But there's a twist. He just broke up with his girlfriend, played by Ali La- Larder, who we, like, didn't talk about before. But again, this is an all-star cast. Part, yeah. <laughs> Um, he and his character's name is Chase breaks up with his girlfriend and so it's going to be his way of potentially getting his girlfriend back because I think he does one of my favorite lines is he asks her like, what's in it for me because he could care less about status at the beginning of the movie He does yeah. not. he doesn't care about the popular kids he's doing his own thing he seems very like in a good place in high school mm-hmm. where he doesn't care And she, Elizabeth Charnard, is just like if you have to ask, you're not as smart as you think you are. It's it's such a good (laughs) line,
1: but it's another like one of those trades. Like he, she's gonna like clean him up a little bit and make him into the popular guy to fill this quota that she has. Yeah. And in turn, like he's gonna, she's gonna help him drive his ex crazy, Mm -hmm. and in like a way that like she wants him back, and because she like she dumped him for like, an older dude who's, like, saving the planet or whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs>
0: just the first, first step <laughs> is to take him to the Gap, which is also one of my favorite scenes. I love that. He is so freaked out when he has to go to the Gap and buy clothes. <laughs> He's just like, where am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, I was like,
1: this is what an advertisement for the Gap. This was this was also, like, the height of the Gap. Like, yes. They would put out their, like, chunky sweater every year in, like, a different color. I always, my mom would always buy me the hottest chunky sweater that they did every year until I was, like, stop doing this. <laughs> I, I don't really wear these chunky sweaters. But um, it was, like, that was, like, such a moment. Like, it was when, the like, Gap commercials would be on all the time and you'd be singing all the, like, the mellow yellow songs <laughs> constantly.
0: It was he, a good he becomes basically like a walking gap ad in his khaki and his sweater and his leather jacket. But- That's my favorite line when his friend Ray says to, like he says his friend, like,
1: I didn't know you would be here. And his friend is like, I didn't know you would fall into the gap.
0: <laughs> there are, there's some like really good witty one-liners in here. And it's like the kids that aren't popular are just so, sm- like, smart, and, like, they can see kind of the social hierarchy of high school. When, <laughs> I know Allie Larder, her voicemail, when Adrian Grenier is, like, really, like, not over her, really wants her back, he calls her voicemail to try to talk to her, and it's her landline, and her voicemail is... Um, name three things about high school that, like, suck. <laughs> he talks about how, like, it's fascist with pep rallies.
1: Uh, I forget what else he said. Like, if you, like, if you break up with your ex, you have to see them all the yes. time. And, like, I feel like about other one was, like, the food sucks or something. Like, it was a throwaway.
0: Something like that. But, like... Just the idea that he's bringing up, like, fascism and, like, comparing it to high school is super cool for, like, a a teen movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, once he fully, like, dives into this plan, though, he starts to become popular, again, by, like, association with Melissa Joan Hart's character. And he ditches his friends who are just, like, the cutest again. Like, that's who I would want to hang out with in the high school. Uh, He neglects them. And the plan works. They actually start to fall for each other. But. No, I don't even want to say it. It's so terrible. (laughs) There's, There's this party and Nicole's friend, Alicia, right? Yeah. Yeah, she 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 like sets up. She sets up Adrian Grenier and like kisses him in front of Nicole Melissa Joan Hart's character to make them like break up basically. And Mm -hmm. again, like insecurity, like she doesn't want her friend to like be happy and like to be with someone. And it's also the status thing of, like, he still technically isn't, like, at the same status, so sh- like, she wants to sabotage it, and it's just, it's horrible because they like each other, and she purposely just, like, gets in the way to break yeah. them up.
1: she's, like, very much seen as, like, her- Alicia's character is, like, you know, the art of manipulating people in some ways, <laughs> and at one point, Melissa Hart's character is, like, telling like you know she's is telling um chase's chase that like the way alicia does it is like masterful like she has such an art of like manipulating and she really says it like it's a positive but like at the end like alicia really like sees an opportunity and preys on the weakness of like um brad is suddenly available and could take her to the date the that that molesta general character always wanted. And she, like, plays into Chase's fear that, like, he doesn't really have a grasp on their relationship or, like, that he's going to get dumped for the popular guy and makes a move on him. And it's literally heart-wrenching. It's a hard scene to watch if you're overly and emotionally invested like I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, she... Alicia uh, plays off of the insecurity of of aging Grenier. Again, it's, like... You never really, like, know your place in high school. And like, I, he did at the beginning because he just had, like, friends around him. But as you start to climb, you, like, don't know your, if you're safe or not. Mm-hmm. So she plays off of that and just breaks them up. She also is the reason that Brad, the basketball star, is single because she sets that in mm-hmm. motion by, like, lying and claiming that his family is part of the cult, I think. so. Yeah. So yeah, like a doomsday cult. So the girl that he did fall in love with, another cheerleader from another school, dumps him. Like she did really like manipulate and like pull yeah. things, which also kind of shows like the popularity means nothing. It's all just yeah. like scheming and manipulating. It doesn't really mean like people like each other. It's like who's pushing who towards each other. And we talked about that too with one of the other characters, Divine. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: she had been like she had been not unpopular and like a little heavier and she had glasses. So she like got contacts. She lost weight. She dyed her hair blonde and she became really popular. And she started dating like one of the popular, like basketball players. But at the same time, like he treated her like crap, like he was abusive towards her and like manipulative. And like she, at one point when her and Chase are talking about like, is it worth it to become popular? Because she she basically says, like, I'm not happy now, and I used to know who my friends were, and now I don't know who anyone is. And I I do love, like, at the end of the movie, like, one of Chase's friends who's been talking to this girl online the whole time, we discover that, like, it's divine. (laughs) And it's really satisfying, because he's such a sweet dude. (laughs) And, like, she deserves to be with someone who's sweet and treats her right, and not just someone, like, that fits into like her level of popularity because, you know, what is that even for?
0: He is truly a sweet boy. Yeah, uh, boy, <laughs> I call him designated Dave because he does the designated like driver. They're so mean to him, and he saved their lives countless times with, like, Eugene Grenier points out to the popular people. Earlier in the movie, he does get very, very upset that they make fun of his friends, but as time goes on, he starts to, like, even lose that kind of, like... (laughs) (sighs) But um, it ends with... Once, like, once that's broken up... Adrian Grenier goes back to his girlfriend, and then he, like, loses pretty much all his social status because he's not dating (laughs) Melissa Joan Hart anymore. She gets asked to the dance by Brad, but ultimately turns him down, which is really great that she does turn him down. And she goes to the dance with one of Chase's friends because he also... (laughs) Very, very sweetly in the beginning of the movie was like, if you don't have a date, I'd be honored to take you. And like, she should have just said yes then. Although I guess at that point she had already, it it was already decided. There's yeah, that's why she said no. But he was also just very, very sweet because he adored her too. He really liked her, and you don't really realize that until the end of the movie. And then he's like, oh. I'm the way. About. Like yeah. yeah. kind of way of a of a relationship that that could start. So, at the dance, Adrian Grenier shows up and
1: makes a big grand gesture. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> We're here and for them. that.
0: They they end up together. But the one nice thing, also, they we didn't like mention. Both of their parents are single parents living mm-hmm. next door to each other. We don't really see them that often. It does very much seem like the two of them can just pop into each other's, like, rooms <laughs> or, like, talk to each other whenever there's no, like, real parental supervision going on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, like, as a teenager, that sounds amazing, especially if you like the, the boy or girl next door. But <laughs> at the end of the movie, we learn their parents weren't really around because they were together off somewhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Two neighbors who fall in love. Two pairs of neighbors fall in love.
0: <laughs> yeah, the movie ends with them, move, they're going to move in together. So the four of them are all going to be in the same house together. Which, like, <laughs> they're going to be, like, neighbors, as in, like, their rooms are going to be next to each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they just seem, they seem excited by it at the end because they're very much into each other. So they're like, this is fine. Yeah.
1: The parents seem a little, I think the mom is like thinking a little bit of how that will look like, here's my boyfriend and here's my uh, daughter and here's her boyfriend, who's also my boyfriend's son. <laughs> but let's say they're going off to college probably. So maybe one of them will work or not work. I don't know.
0: In my (laughs) mind, they're still together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the parents might not work out, so... (laughs) That's true. Yeah, maybe the parents Because who cares? We only see them together for, like, a second. We're not as invested. Yeah, I I like to think of them still together. Because, like, they they brought out, like... They complimented
1: each other really well. And they brought out nice things in each other. Whereas when they were both, like, interested in other people, they, like, thought they... Because his girlfriend... Um, uh, what's Allie Larter's character? I didn't say her last name right, but that's fine. But um, her character like looked like he like looked like this like alternative kind of girl, and he was alternative, so it was like that's who he was supposed to be dating. If you follow the social hierarchy of high school, is like he was supposed to be dating this like hot alternative girl with, like, she had, like, really streaked, like, magenta hair. Now that would be, anyone could be popular with that, but, <laughs> and, like, piercing. Yeah,
0: I mean, much ahead of her time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, <fashion-wise. laughs> and so, like, that's why he was dating her. But, like, once they got back together, he, I think, realized that, like, he wanted a little bit more than what he thought he wanted. Like, he kind of grew in a way and fell for... Most of Joan Hart's character.
0: Wow. And they're ever after. Yeah, we should also just mention they were best friends up until, like, middle school. So they have this very yeah. long history with each other um, that also made it so seamless that they did seem like a couple because they had known each other and been <laughs> friends for a really long time before. Yeah. They're adorable. I it's them. such a good movie. I feel like I want to watch it again. <laughs> I know. Me,
1: I was like, Should I rewatch it, but I but I've already committed to watching Love and Basketball in the next couple uh, days. And there is that silly thing called work.
0: <laughs> Too. Well, that was it for, for neighbors to yeah. lovers. Lots yeah. Of picks. And if I had to pick a neighbor to fall in love with,
1: I would pick Jason Siegel and yeah. I would pay for dinner.
0: <laughs> so. Jason, giving me a call. If you would like a free dinner
1: (laughs) (laughs) and, and maybe some love. That's also great.